and welcome back on this uh, gray, kind of a gloomy Thursday. Looks like it might even get worse a little bit into the evening and overnight, but we'll just we'll just hang in there. Remember, when things turn bad, uh, the first place you need to run is to WOMO 1190 AM 107.5 FM. We'll keep you informed. We'll also keep you informed if it's not the climate of the air, but the climate of your body and your health. Uh, Lee Kelso is the guy to do that with us. We do it every Saturday from 9 to 10 on Wobo's Health Call Live. Uh, Mr. Climatologist of the Body, Lee Kelso, how are you, sir? <laughs> hey, that's interesting. I could be in front of my chroma key wall talking about the body. That would be very entertaining. Yeah, and then you say, and, and when the enzymes come down this path right here, and then they come here. Exactly. And then, so, um, so things are going well for you and the lovely missus? Absolutely, yes, indeed. And... Um, I hope uh, Kim's recovering well. Her her knee surgery, her yep. knee implant, all that coming along. Her uh, her last four days, her recovery has turned a a rapid improvement. You know, you kind of hit that point where somewhere between it hurts so bad I can't do anything to where you know what this is going pretty well. I think this morning, I think her flexibility they measured it at one hundred and five, hundred and six percent. So that's pretty awesome. And uh, well, that is yeah. We just got to keep her there now. And now, and I've had a. Again, not to go crazy here, but I've had a return of one of my little cute little uh, medical difficulties with me in the last couple of days. And she shot me a look like, look, if I go through this recovery so we can go to Israel in March, you'd better not mess this up. So I just, you know, you take that for what it's worth. She might trade me in. Well, you know, you've got used parts. So that, that kind of diminishes the value. Yeah, I don't know what a I don't know what a used transplanted kidney goes for on the open market, but I'm sure it's over a hundred bucks. Um, at the beginning of your show this week, Jeffrey Barnes, he's a cardiologist, and you're going to talk to him at nine o'clock about sudden cardiac death. And I think this is kind of an important thing. You and I chatted just before we went on the air. Uh, this is not, we don't think, the Priscilla Presley thing. This relates more to the NFL football player who hit the deck a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, he suffered a cardiac arrest, and of course, we still don't know all the details about what was the absolute cause, but the bottom line is his heart stopped beating, and that happens to 350,000 people every year in America. Really? And here's the, here's the shocker. Um, if your heart stops beating outside the hospital, your chances of survival are almost nothing. 90% of people who suffer a full cardiac arrest out of the hospital do not survive. Well, you know, I was watching some talking head thing on ESPN the other day. Of course, ESPN talking heads, that's almost an oxymoron. But I was they were, they were talking about this and about that player and about what had happened. And they said, if you have the medical crew that they had around him there in Cincinnati, had they not been there, had the expertise they had, had the equipment they had, and reached him in about 10 seconds from the time he hit the, the field, he probably would not have made it out of that stadium. Boy, that is so true. And think about this one, Pat. Those first responders were probably among the lowest paid individuals. Yeah in the stadium that day yeah my understanding that, is i bet they're going to get pretty good christmas gifts this year though <laughs> I bet they will. yeah so so when you when you look at this this is to, to say i had a sudden cardiac event is not quite the same as saying i suffered a heart attack right because heart attacks are no. serious but they don't have a 90 percent 
your dead on the spot result from them. They're different. Different how? Well, good question. Great question. A heart a heart attack is typically a plumbing problem. You, you've got a clog in an artery somewhere that's keeping blood from reaching the heart. Right. So it's a plumbing problem. Sudden cardiac death is an electrical problem. For some reason, the electrical rhythm that controls the pulse and the beat of your heart fails. And so your heart may just not move at all. It may just be quivering. The lower chambers of the heart may just be quivering and not having enough squeeze power to send blood through your body to your brain. And down you go. Well, yeah, because when he when he was part of that tackle, and, and again, there was nothing wrong with the tackle on his part or the part of the of the guy that, that had been tackled, uh, but they went down to the ground, as always, and, and then he got up. And then he kind of was looking down at the ground, like looking at the guy he had just tackled, and he took like two steps back, and boom, that was it. I mean, he was out. Now, do, do they think that what happened to him – you may not know this. This might be a question for Saturday. But but when the two of them hit, was it in that millisecond of a heartbeat that it hit him at absolutely the wrong time and that caused it to happen? Because like you said, if we're looking at plumbing, his his uh, cardiac plumbing was probably perfect. Yeah, it is, probably is absolutely perfect. Uh, yeah, they that whole issue of that motocardus uh, is a – it is exactly as you described. There is a phase in the electrical rhythm of the heart, and if you take an impact right in that moment, uh, it's called the QT sequence, and if, if it hits during that moment, it can interrupt and kind of break that electrical rhythm. Still unknown whether that was really – I mean, there are a lot of – actual medical professionals. I saw some of them on Twitter right away saying, oh, I know what this is. Um, but we don't really know what that was. And, and I, I, the, ascribing that heart failure to that impact is still the most likely, but not defined. And, you know, when you talk to cardiologists, they're so cautious about all of that. They, they want all the facts and all the details. And as well, they should. You know, in, uh, in a normal, in a non-football player, there can be previous damage to heart tissue from a heart attack that might cause this interruption of the electrical rhythm. There can be other things that nobody knows about, and that's why you, you hear people just falling over dead. And it's most likely this whole cardiac rhythm failure. Well, you know, when, when you say that this occurs, I think the figure you threw at me is somewhere around 350,000 a year. Um, obviously, a rather small percentage of them are going to be athletes, and a small percentage of them athletes on a field, involved in a play at the instant that it happens. So who is at risk at this? Is this anybody? Is this me walking into the studio? Is it is it somebody hopping a train downtown? I mean, who is at risk for this kind of an activity in their heart? Well, that's one of the scary things. You can have this sudden erupted interruption of the cardiac rhythm, according to Dr. Barnes, uh, with no significant previous symptoms. Now, there usually is some involvement of, of heart or, or illness. Uh, something has gone on in your life. You're not perfectly healthy. Perfectly healthy people who fall over is exceedingly rare. But somehow, somewhere, there's been a, 
uh, could have been uh, a viral infection of heart tissue, could be a number of different factors that you knew nothing about, um, but that inter- cause that interruption of your cardiac rhythm. So, yeah, it's it's really pretty scary. Yeah. So if so, if I don't think okay, I'm not in a lot of activity that I think this kind of a thing would happen to me, but it could. Are there some warning signs? It, it almost sounds like. Uh, for the football player that down there, that uh, the Buffalo player that, that collapsed in Cincinnati, there was no real lead up to it. It it went from perfectly fine to where I'm seconds from death. Uh, but but for most of us, like for you and me, are there some warning signs that come on the scene that I should say, okay, and I need to be careful now. Uh, the doctor told me that about sixty percent of people who have this sudden cardiac death have been to their doctor within the three months prior to this incident. Really? Now, what they, what they went for is extremely varied. So there has something's gone on in their health that has shifted and changed, and they can't really pin it down to this whole cardiac rhythm disruption failure. It's very, it's, it's not common, uh, but man, if it, uh, and, and there are no real clear warning signs, but yeah, certainly if, if you have a, an AFib, uh, you might be worried about this. So atrial fibrillation is a rhythm disorder that many, many people have. It can be successfully treated. And I was glad to hear the doctor say, um, just because you have AFib does not put you at greater risk for sudden cardiac death. Wow. So don't confuse the, the cardiac rhythm disruption you have with what could happen. That's not very likely. With AFib, your greater risk is, is a blood clot, and that's why most people on AFib, with AFib are on a blood thinner, and then they also have a, uh, an implantable device that keeps your heart rhythm in rolling. So the other big takeaway that for me out of doing the research on this, Pat, was um, 37% of the time people suffer these sudden cardiac death episodes in a public place. Really? So, yeah. So you might be in a supermarket, at a concert, at a venue somewhere, and it is that's why it's so important we all know CPR. And get this. Um, I think I may have shared this with you. I was in the gym, and some guy came up to me and said, hey, uh, since this DeMar Hamlin thing, uh, he teaches CPR courses. That's what his company does. He said, my phone is ringing off the hook. People want to know more and want to get up to speed on CPR and using an, uh, one of those automatic defibrillators. So, you know, in a, in a way, the terrible circumstance for DeMar Hamlin could save lives if more of us are up to speed on CPR and how to do it appropriately. So is it, so is it a pretty smart thing, A, that I know CPR, and it probably wouldn't hurt if more of us became aware of what that is and how to use it, but if somebody collapses like that near me, uh, that while you're screaming, hey, somebody call 911, that you go ahead and start CPR on that person right away? Absolutely. Uh, and, and get this, Pat. Um, I, I read a study that said most professionals performing CPR achieve blood flow of only about 30% of the person's normal output. Wow. So that is somebody who knows what they're doing with CPR typically only gets about 30% effectiveness. So imagine you and me, and the big problem is we just don't push hard enough. 
it apparently you have to really get in there and really shove hard. You're cracking ribs. Uh, and if you're doing that less than that, uh, you you may not be getting up to 30%. You may be having a lot less blood flowing. Better than nothing, um, but that just speaks to the importance of being current in your training and use a device that really measures the force of how much you're putting into that, that victim. Sam Westreich is with you at 930. Talk to me real quick. We've got about three minutes here about vaccine myocarditis. What, what, what's going on here? Well, uh, there was a, a hospital study. They, they went out and they found 16 young, healthy men who had myocarditis after the COVID vaccine. And they wanted to know what happens in these eyes. And what they found is that the, it is, in most cases, uh, the, this myocarditis, inflammation of the heart tissue, resolves on its own without intervention within 90 days. So does the vaccine result in myocarditis? Yes. And this study um, took a look at exactly in that population, how severe is it? How big of a worry is it? This study claims nothing for parents to really get too uptight about. Um, one study, small group of people, but I thought it was interesting and wanted to get that to people because I know that that's something that parents are really worried about these days. Well, you know, there there have been several things where people have said, and, and some of it has been legitimized by medical studies. Some of it is just hype. Uh, where people say, oh, don't ever get the vaccine because if you do, it leads to this, could do that. But there are certain things that the vaccine does seem to open a channel for uh, that if you're not ready for it, it could be a problem for you. Now, again, in most people, like you said, if they're young and they're healthy, they're probably going to overcome it themselves, but not always. And somebody who's a little bit closer to your age and certainly mine, uh, we need to be watching out for that and making sure we're getting a checkup not soon after we get our vaccines. You know, Pat, I kind of went on a little tirade with, with Kayla earlier this week, but my fear is that one of the long-term consequences of the pandemic is going to be public distrust of public health. Yeah, I mean, We have lots of good reason for it. I yeah. mean, they, they told us lots of things that turned out not to be true. We now have evidence that there was some cover-up and people were being hushed and silenced if they spoke out. Credible people asking legitimate questions and challenging studies – they were hushed. We know that, or it appears that we know that. It seems to be the case. And all of that, I think, we're going to have to get behind us somehow and reinstill trust in public health because vaccines developed in the same way as the COVID vaccine have a lot of potential to treat cancers, for example. They are developing vaccines against cancers that use this same mRNA technology. And, and, I, and I'm just concerned that, you know, People are going to put the brakes on and go, oh, no, hey, I don't want to take part in that study. I'm, that, that clinical trial, that vaccine, no, that's yep. not for me. Yep. Yep. And, 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 and what are we going to miss? If you start avoiding medicine as a whole or your doctor in particular because of fears, whether they're, they're founded or not because of something like a vaccine, if you start doing that, something else is going to take you out. And it's going to be because you haven't been spending time with your doctor. Yeah. I think that's something that we hopefully will get past. But, you know, this whole faith and trust issue is a big one. And, and man, I'm 
I don't know. I don't have the answer, but yep. it's one we need to find. No, I hear you. Hey, listen, Lee, thanks so very much. We're going to be listening Saturday morning. That's this Saturday from 9 to 10 for Wolves Health Call Live. He talks with about a cardiologist about sudden cardiac death, and then they talk about vaccine myocarditis, uh, which is really an interesting study. It'll be interesting to see what Sam uh, Westreich has to say about that. Lee, as always, thank you so very much, sir. I appreciate you being here with us on a Thursday to talk to us about Saturday. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity to talk with your audience. Thanks so much, Pat. Podcasts by Federated Media.